0: McKinley Wright from the logo, got it, oh McKinley Wright, breaks a tackle, touchdown, touchdown, that's five for Chris Brown, the defense of Tomlinson, Colorado is going to the NCAA Tournament, Stewart with time, Let's it go, he's got three feet, Welcome into the DNDR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we have some news to talk about today. Um, We're, of course, going to talk about Brendan Rice entering the transfer portal. Um, Little picture stuff, I guess we usually say small picture. Small picture stuff, like how much that sucks. But then also, like, big picture. What does it mean for the Buffs where they are? the, The general, I mean, has it been good or bad in the transfer portal? Um, compared to our expectations. The answer is bad to spoil that whole thing. So we're going to start off with some of that. We uh, we have a couple of uh, pieces of news outside of Brendan Rice. Those include a bunch of new offers to guys in the transfer portal. We'll run through those pretty quick. But more importantly, uh, some news on some changes to the coaching staff. Um, one big change is that... Danny Langsdorf is now the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at temple. So he will not be back with the, uh, uh, Buffalo's this season. Um, and that means that there's one open job on the offensive side of the ball. Well, potentially more, but probably one. And, uh, we also heard that the buffs will not be bringing back Brian Michaelowski, uh, the outside linebackers coach the past three seasons, and uh we maybe saw the writing on the wall a little bit but now at this point it seems like the staff at least defensively is almost set so uh that's the plan for today start with rice real quick run through a couple of these transfer offers one in particular that stands out and then wrap things up with uh the coaches oh here's here's another thing so it's currently like 6:30 on monday plan was for me to do this this afternoon um and then uh do another podcast later on after the basketball game. I'm sure you guys have heard by now, but uh, Colorado's basketball game against Oregon was canceled today. They made the trip out there, and then whatever happened, happened. It is with Oregon's program, not with Colorado's, and so the Buffs are supposed to be back on Thursday. And as of now, there's no reason to think that game won't get played except for the fact that it seems like about half of college basketball games get canceled for some reason or another. So uh, there's the update there. Um, disappointing. Would have been a lot of fun to see them for the first time since is it the December 18th, December 19th. This has been a long break, and it's about to get a few days longer too. Really sucks, but, I mean, I don't really have any analysis on uh, Oregon getting COVID. Okay. Um, let's just jump in with Brendan Rice. Like I said, he entered the transfer portal. And, um, I mean, that's the the biggest possible blow at this point, right? Because biggest possible blow overall was Christian Gonzalez entering the portal. Well, that happened. And then about 10 days later, uh, Brendan announced that he, too, is going into the portal. That is your most talented offensive player. Your most talented defensive player already entered the portal. Um, These are major losses. And, um, I mean... Colorado right now is absolutely losing the portal wars. Uh, they're They're only losing three players who are real contributors or figured to be contributors in the near future. And you like that number. I think that there was a world where the Buffs lose five, ten players who really matter to the program. Um, but right now, the answer is three problem is that it's your two best players and Mark Perry who is a starter who keeps getting better who has two years of eligibility left and um, there was a good chance that he was going to be one of your better defenders next season and who knows how big of a step he could have taken so while there are what it's 11 players in the portal now again the total number of players is not concerning Um, that's we we came into this offseason saying you want 10 to 12 to go uh, just to open up scholarships. They they brought in a big recruiting class. They needed to have the scholarships to do that. Obviously, there are holes that need to be patched in the portal. You need scholarships to do that. Um, the problem, though, is that you lose Brendan Rice, you lose Christian Gonzalez. And, I mean, Mark Perry, again, he's not Brendan Rice or Christian Gonzalez, but it does, it stings. It definitely stings. Um, so, yeah, with Brendan, what are you losing? I think that's kind of the big question. Um, when we are talking about Christian Gonzalez, you're losing one year of really high-end cornerback play. And, I mean, you're, you're losing the after-effects of that too, right? You know, when Christian Gonzalez goes on to the NFL and he's a good corner in the NFL, and everybody says, oh, yeah, there's the guy from Colorado. And then you get to tell recruits, hey, we've got, we've got a few of these. A few of these DBs have come through here and had successful NFL careers." whatever. Uh, you, you lose that piece as well. Um, but in terms of on the field, you only lose one season because he was leaving after next year to go to the NFL anyway. When it comes to Brendan Rice, you wonder a little bit more. Um again, why would he make this decision? Well, you have to put yourself in Brendan Rice's shoes and think about what he thinks about. You know, there's there's a lot of guys who, you know, they grow up, they they go to junior high, they go to high school, they're they're kind of like pretty they're they're just kids, you know, who Love football and want to play football and are good at football, but the idea of going and playing Power Five for Division One football in general is really appealing, and they get really excited about that, and that becomes kind of like what their life is all about. And again, you think what what does Jerry or Brandon Rice grow up with? Um, obviously, the shadow of Jerry Rice. You know, an NFL guy, NFL star. Um, his family all obviously like that's what they think of when they think of football is those years in the NFL. Like Brendan is not growing up thinking I want to be a good college football player. I'm really excited for college football. Like he, he's trying to build him a name for himself at the NFL level. Now, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen or whatever, but he obviously has the tools. And I think that that's been where his sights are set throughout this entire process, you know, since before he even committed to Colorado. So, the let's let's flash forward to where he is today you know you look at what he could have come back to um, an offense that really struggled last year um, a quarterback situation that is much 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 better than it was last year but it was really really bad last year and I think asking whether Colorado's offense can take a big enough step for Brendan Rice to break out is a legitimate question You know, he has under 500 receiving yards in his career through two seasons at Colorado. That's, if he was somewhere else, um, I mean, it needs if he was at Bama, maybe not, because at Bama he might not have played. Um, He would have played at least a little bit, but maybe not enough to break those numbers. But anywhere else, he's probably putting up bigger numbers than that. Um, And, again, Christian Gonzalez is going to the NFL next year. Brendan Rice will be eligible, but he needs to have a good year to do it. You know he's when it comes to receivers, there are so many of them that just having the size and speed is not going to be enough. You don't necessarily need to have massive production, but you got to show something you you have to you have to do more than Brendan has done, quite frankly, um whether through his own fault or somebody else's. so like I, I think I wrote this um when I was writing about the, the his decision to enter the transfer portal. But I really think that if he has a 1,000-yard season this year, regardless of where he goes, he's probably drafted in the first two rounds. I think typically that number would get him into the first round, but because there's been so many receivers every year recently, it, it probably is more of like a top-two-rounds thing. He gets into Viska territory if he has a 1,000-yard season, just considering all the tools he has. Um, if he hits 750 or so, I think that he gets enough attention to make it worth going to the draft next year instead of playing another season. And so if those are kind of the benchmarks you look at and you're Brendan Rice and you say, I what he tweeted tonight that he has 30 offers so far. Um, it's not a surprise. He can play. I mean, what there's probably going to be five schools that if he said, I want to go there, they're going to say no. And the fact that he's Jerry Rice's son might be enough for some of them to reconsider. So he gets to pick where he goes and all he needs to do is find somewhere where he can put up those numbers. Um, at Colorado, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's just more of a challenge. Or I don't, I don't even think you can say that yet. I think what you can say is it's likely that it's going to be significantly more challenging to do that here than at, you know, wherever else he wants to go. Michigan, for example, if that is the answer. Um... I will say that if he goes like to Arizona State, for example, that that could be kind of painful. I think that, you know, they they do have Jaden Daniels at quarterback, but he has not gotten any better since he got to Arizona State, which is disappointing. And he's, he's actually kind of gotten worse. But if you were to see Brendan make a move like that, it'd be disappointing. Um, and obviously, like, if he goes to USC, yeah, that's disappointing as well. But at the same time, you're like, well, it... It also makes sense. You can't be quite as upset about this one. Um, if he goes to Michigan or, uh, Georgia or, you know, like a true blue bud, then I mean, that makes sense too. Right. Um, so in terms of like the rationale behind the decision, I mean, we all understand, right? Like we all get why somebody in his position would say, "Ah, I'm not sure that a season at Colorado is what's in my best interest. Um, You hope that he sticks it through. I think, obviously, you lose plenty of things by leaving. And, you know, this is something that I talk about with NBA players. You know, when when Russell Westbrook retires, who, and this is going to sound kind of dark, but, like, who loves him? Like, when he goes to Oklahoma City, are people there going to be like, oh, yeah, that's our guy? Like, no, they're going to be like, no, you, you left us it doesn't mean that they like hate him or anything but it's definitely going to significantly alter the relationship and like everywhere else he's gone like he's not going to be beloved if if he had stayed in Oklahoma City his entire career those people would love him there'd be a statue outside the arena when he retired and and those sorts of things are happening so much more in sports you know Kevin Durant moving around you know again he could have been a legend for Oklahoma City um, just ironically the same team. Um, but instead he goes and does what he does. And I'm not saying like it was a bad decision or anything like that, but it, and your, your national legacy doesn't take a hit, but you're, you don't really have a local legacy. There's nowhere where you're going into bars and everybody's like, Oh yeah. I mean, you're Kevin Durant still, but it isn't, we named our kids after you or, or whatever. Um, and that's that's gonna be something that both Christian Alas and Brendan Rice do miss out on, you know. They they both had chances to be legends at Colorado, players who come back thirty years from now and are given standing ovations and all those sorts of things. When you transfer for one year to another school, it's not like that school's going to have that fan base is going to have the same relationship that, you know, we we've been watching Brendan Rice for three seasons. You know we've 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 seen what he's been up to we 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 watch the whole recruiting cycle we know Mel Tucker left um he's recruited by Darren Shever like the whole story and watching it unfold in the game against Utah in his freshman year and all these things I mean they don't go out the window like there's still some happy memories, but it does really, really change how he's treated I mean comparing to Carson Wells, for example. Carson's somebody who's going to be treated really well by this fan base whenever he wants to come back. You know, he did so much. What, 36 tackles for loss in 38 games or something like that. Um, 34 starts or, you know, he was a really good football player. He bled black and gold, and that will be appreciated for a long time. Brendan Rice, better football player than Carson Wells. I mean, maybe not quite there yet, um, or maybe he is, and it just didn't show because of the offense last year. But, Obviously, that relationship just gets tarnished and isn't what it could have been. And that's... It sucks. It sucks. Um, I don't have too much hope for him coming back. I will say that. Um, There's a chance. We'll talk about the uh, coaching situation later on. You know, if you're going out there and looking to hire a wide receivers coach, do you try to find somebody who Brendan really likes? I... You're tempted for sure. And if he's a good coach and that's the tiebreaker, then that makes sense. But again, if if you're talking about having a guy for one more year, it's one more year. Like, and it's is next year the year where they need him to get over the hump and go to the Rose Bowl? Probably not. Probably not. Um, so I you probably don't put too much stock into all that, but uh it is a possibility. And I do think that. I just hope that Brendan doesn't make a decision before the receivers coach is announced, right? Uh, And, again, the reason we talk about this is because somebody responded to him and said, like, day two of asking you to withdraw, whatever, and he quote tweeted and said, you never know. And that is an important reminder. Like, just because you go into the transfer portal doesn't mean that you're just gone. Um, He could back out, Christian Gonzalez could back out. Hell, you know, Caleb Williams went into the transfer portal from uh, Oklahoma today, the freshman quarterback who took Spencer Rattler's job, the best player in the transfer portal easily right now. He made it very clear, like, he's considering Oklahoma, but with all the coaching changes and stuff, he has to at least see what his options are um, because, again, these are multi-million dollar decisions for guys like that. Not necessarily because of NIL deals, but because... If you are the number five draft pick, you're signing a $30 million contract. And if you're the number 30 draft pick, you're signing a much, much smaller contract. And those differences really do matter. And again, it's like, well, if you play well, you're going to get another contract. And it's going to be, yes, but you'll always be missing that $20 million you could have had otherwise. Um, and, and again, that's the pressure that all of these kids are under. You know, you remember, Brennan Rice is what, 19? 20 and has all these opportunities in front of him and that's i mean just about every 19 or 20 year old in america would trade places with him for sure but there is a lot of stress that comes with that as well and um again who knows maybe the buffs go after caleb williams and somehow convince him to go to boulder don't know how that would happen but uh you give him the call, and then Brendan comes back, and Gonzo comes back, and they make a Who knows? Who knows? Um, next step, though, is starting to get guys out of the transfer portal, and that seems to be where the attention is shifting. I think we've probably seen probably pretty close to the end of the people leaving. Um, there will probably be another round toward the end of spring ball, um, but for now, it does. There, there might be one or two that trickle in, but I'd be surprised if there's anything big at this point. I mean, classes start pretty quickly, and those guys need to figure out where they're going to school by the time that happens. You have like 10 days to enroll or however that works. Um, Real quick, Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, I drank a lot of Breckenridge beers yesterday. Helped me get through that Bronco game. I don't know why I bring up those Broncos games. They just just hurt me. Oh, here's some good news, though. Um, The Broncos game against the Chiefs next week got flexed or I guess that's this week. That's now this Saturday instead of Sunday, and the Buffs have a basketball game Sunday, and I have tickets to the Chiefs game, so I get to go to that now and see what Patrick Mahomes, who is motivated to get the number one seed in the AFC, does to my poor Denver Broncos. So, uh, God, I went down that rabbit hole. That day, too, I'll be drinking a lot of Breckenridge beers, and if you're going, you're going to need them, so come to our tailgate. Um, I think it's like $20 to go, something like that, but there's all-you-can-eat free pizza, there's all-you-can-drink beer, there's like whiskey there, there's all sorts of good stuff, a bunch of games, obviously. I'm I, Last time I went, I had uh, an eight-game winning streak in beer pong, so I'll probably have to try to defend that again this week. Um, it's a lot of fun, and Breckenridge makes it all possible, just like they make this podcast possible, just like they uh, help out, I think they have a deal with the, like, CU athletics department they've got deal with the AVs and the nuggets and all those teams uh, the broncos so we support them they're a big part of the local sports community and uh, hopefully you guys buy their beers and let us know that you do we have hit the final week of the pro football regular season and college football is heading into the national championship a DraftKings draft sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time of the football calendar New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. If they do, you win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down this season with a big win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same-game parlays. All you got to do is combine multiple bets from the same game, and you get a bigger payout. More legs you add, more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. And bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro. Win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um... Oh, yeah. Transfers. That's what we're doing. So, uh, like I said, the buffs have only pulled in Maddox cop There's only one player that they have gotten out of the portal so far. Um, and that's, that's not strange. This is... I think this next week is really going to be when you see a lot of these dominoes fall. Um, just because, obviously, there's a lag. Like, every player, they go into the portal before they come out. Um, usually there's like a week in between, so you're always a week behind. Um for obviously like Brendan Rice hasn't signed anywhere. Christian Gonzalez hasn't. Mark Perry. And so there's like this wave that, that kind of comes and builds and builds and then falls off a little bit of people leaving the program, then the wave of people entering programs comes a little bit after. And we're getting we're getting to that point. Colorado that we know of made three offers today. Um Two of them. I mean, number one, we'll just go Mac Hollensteiner. Um, He's a grad transfer tackle from Georgetown. Six six, three ten. Two years of eligibility. Um, Obviously, the buffs need to get better in the trenches. I can't say I know a whole lot about uh, him in particular, but it makes sense. Sure. Uh, Gabe Judy. He's a transfer DB. There's three years of eligibility left. He's coming from Vanderbilt, I believe. Yes, Vanderbilt. Um, so there you go. Also, Devonnie Reed. Uh, Devani Reed is a safety. He. Oh, wait. No, no, no. No, yeah. He is Central Michigan. Central Michigan, yes. Um, again, I don't know a lot about these guys. I'm yet to dig in um, because, again, I. Uh, I just didn't watch a lot of Central Michigan football last season. Sue me. Um, The big one, though, the one I do want to talk about, that's Kai Thomas. And this is somebody who I think the Buffs have a good chance of landing. Um, Kai Thomas is the running back at Minnesota. He, He was their leading rusher this season. That would have been Mohamed Ibrahim. He, I think, is like one of the three best running backs in the country. I think, did he tear his Achilles in the first game of the season? It was something like that. Um, and uh, obviously didn't play again. So Kai Thomas stepped up. He kind of took control. I think he had something, 850-something rushing yards maybe in the nine games that he played, um, 500-yard games in there, did his best work toward the end of the year, kind of solidified himself as the the number one in that backfield. And um, obviously there are plenty of ties to Colorado staff. Uh, you bring in Mike Sanford, uh, the, the offensive coordinator at Minnesota last year he's now the offensive coordinator at Colorado that helps and I think it all adds up um pretty quickly after the announcement I mean what he announced 10 9 a.m that he entered the portal and within two hours he tweeted that he had an offer from CU it kind of makes too much sense right like we'll still see how it all plays out um but when you have him um the offensive coordinator, it makes sense that you would land Kai Thomas. The more fun part of this conversation, though, I think, is should the Buffs be going after running backs? Because there are plenty of holes on this roster, but the running backs feel like a strength. You know, even though Ashad Clayton leaves, you've still got uh, Jarek Broussard, Alex Fonteno, Deion Smith. Joe Davis is going to be back this year. He wanted to take a year off to get bigger, not year off, but a redshirt year to get bigger. Um, Jay Lee Stacks, a whole bunch of these guys. And um, I'll say, first first of all, Colorado is not in a position to be turning down talented players. You know, if this is a guy who's a proven player at the Power 5 level, you you, if he says, I want to go to Colorado, you take him. Because there is still just a talent deficiency between the Buffs and the rest of the conference that they play in. Um, not the rest of it, most of the rest of it. And again you you see those talent good high, highly talented players in spots um but there just isn't the depth there isn't uh there aren't nearly as many players who you're just waiting for them to get a chance right who are like sitting in the second string third string and you're like oh when, when it's this guy's time to go he's going to be good but he's blocked you know we talked about it kind of with Mark Perry you know Mark Perry struggled early on in his career But by the end of this last season, he was solid. And that was his third season in Boulder. He has two years of eligibility left. If he had not played all that much the first two seasons because they had some star safety in front of him, well, what we would have seen from Mark Perry to this point in his career would be like, oh, wow, the Buffs have a stud. He might be an NFL guy. Oh, my goodness. But because we've seen so much of Mark Perry as he was growing, as he just adding weight figuring out where he's supposed to be through different defenses, all these different things. It's just, it's just a different. And and obviously your program is better if guys aren't playing until they're at their very best. Um, and so first of all, when it comes to Kai Thomas, who I didn't think I, I don't think I said this, he has three years of eligibility left. Um, when it comes to him, if you, uh, if you can get a, co- a talented player, you get the talented player. Um, and if that means somebody transfers, I mean, which running back would you be scared of transferring because you brought Kai Thomas in? It would be pro- it would be disappointing to lose Jarek, but if Alex Fontenot leaves because you bring in Kai Thomas, I mean, the man did what he did last year. He proved it on the field against big 10 competition. And I don't think that you lose too much sleep over that swap. Um, from there down on the depth chart, really, that's kind of how I feel. Um, And even Jarek, you know, you could make a case that's a wash or, or whatever. Um, if you can add a talented player, you add the talented player. Running back in particular, though, like I said, there is talent there, but the truth is they all struggled last year. And personally, I think it's mostly because of the offensive line. 80% the offensive line, or I guess maybe we'll say 80% offensive line and play calling. Um, but if somebody wanted to say, I mean, look at the numbers, look at what they did. How could you not look for an upgrade here? I, It's tough to argue against it because they did struggle at that position. And uh, yeah, I mean, I again, it just kind of comes down to if you can get a good player, you go get the good player and see if you can start that snowball effect too. You know, if who knows you add Kai Thomas is there anybody else from Minnesota's in the portal who might be like, oh yeah, that seems good? And and even, I mean, if if you were if you were a potential transfer and you're sitting on Twitter and you're just scrolling through and you're like, ah, got this offer from Colorado. Wonder what's up with Colorado. And you search Colorado football or whatever on Twitter, there's a lot of stuff that would make you think that's not the place to go. I mean, just like the average tweet about the Colorado Buffaloes is one that would make me think I want nothing to do with that program. Even the fans seem like they want nothing to do with that program. And from there, like you look at, oh, Christian Gonzalez is leaving. Brendan Rice is leaving. Why are these guys leaving? Oh, whatever. When you can add something like, oh, Kai Thomas, a good player. He committed there. He sees something. It helps, right? In the same way that recruiting high schoolers can snowball in that way. Uh, That's what happened with Brendan Rice and Ashad Clayton and Christian Gonzalez and all those guys before they left. Um, So there we go. Uh there's my thoughts on that. And I do think and we've talked about this a lot, they've gotta add a bunch of linemen. Um, honestly both sides of the ball. And then whatever else they can get is great. There's room for a star safety. There's room for just a pretty average safety too, just to provide depth at the very least, but also potentially to start if you're an average safety. S- still there's we saw the freshman play well. There's there's room for improvement though. And you don't just wanna I mean it's the Mark Perry conversation. You don't need to give those freshmen those reps. You don't need to, and sometimes it's better if you don't. Um, coaching changes. Let's touch on this. Like I said, Danny Langsdorf, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator at Temple. Um, I like the move for Temple, I'll say that. I think that there's a lot to like. I When we look back at the Danny Langsdorf era in Boulder, it's just tough to grade, right? He's here for two years. The first year is the Sam Neuer year, and he he maximizes Sam Neuer. I think I mean Sam Neuer couldn't even been, be the starting Wildcat quarterback at Oregon State, and he did what he did at Colorado, second team All Pac-12. Um, that was a great coaching job from Danny Langsdorf. This season, the quarterback struggled, obviously, and I mean by quarterbacks, it basically just mean Brendan Lewis struggled, and there was no other option. You know, watching this Sunday night football game last night, it made me think of Drew Carter when Kellen Mond got in the game at the end. Like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Minnesota's down 30 to Green Bay. Kellen Mond is a guy, some people liked him in the draft. I think he wound up going, like, the third round. Eh, Texas A&M guy. College football fans probably know him better from that. Um he gets in. Everybody's been clamoring for him to play. He didn't even dress the first 14 games. Because Kirk Cousins is sick with COVID, you get to to dress him. He's the backup to Sean Mannion, who is not all... I mean, there's, he's a backup quarterback for a reason. And he struggles. It's late. You throw the rookie in. And first play's a handoff. The second play is... What is the second play? It was really bad. I don't know. The third play, the he hits a linebacker in the hands for what should have been a pick six. Second play was also terrible. Was it just an off-target pass? Now I can't remember. Point is, he was really, really bad. And the next drive, they put Sean Mannion back in. And I think that it's really easy. I mean, the fans were saying all week, like, oh, you're not even going to play Mond. You're going to play Sean Mannion? We don't have Kirk. Like, why not just let the rookie play? And then he goes and does that, and you're like, oh, he really... There's a good reason, and you wonder if that was kind of the case with Drew Carter as well. But the point is, Brendan Lewis is kind of your only option last season. I think there's points late in the year where you say there's you see some significant improvements, um, but overall he struggled. So so grading that coaching job is really really tough to do. Um, that's with the Buffs, and obviously he's done a bunch of other things too. He's he's been the offensive coordinator for a couple of different Power Five schools. Um, He's been an NFL quarterbacks coach. He was Eli Manning's quarterbacks coach for a while um, with the Giants. You know, that's a good resume. And you don't get those jobs by just sucking, you know. And, again, with everything going on, changes probably do make sense. If you look at the Colorado coaching staff, or just the Colorado season last year, I guess, and say, look at what happened. I don't know, do we make a move here, do we make a move here? You just you, you err on the side of change after a season like that, and so it makes sense. Now, though, that means that there's one assumption we're going to make, and that assumption is that Darian Hagen is going to be back as running backs coach. He's been on the CU staff since, I mean, this will be year 18 if he's back. Um, I think he's been the running backs coach for almost all of that. There were a couple years early on where he's like an intern or a GA or whatever, and then they get him into this role. Um, but he's been on the staff under six different head coaches. He's not going anywhere. I don't. I would be shocked. Um, and that's the one assumption we're going to make, is that he's back as a running back's coach, which makes a lot of sense. And if that's the case, then offensively, you really have two open spots on your staff, quarterback's coach and wide receiver's coach. Now, Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, they still haven't picked out a position for him to coach. Uh, he'll he'll take one of those jobs, um, and he's done both before, um, but the other one is up for grabs. And so right now, Colorado's probably going into meetings and saying, well, let's just find the best possible coach to coach one of these positions and patch Sanford w- with the other. See if you can find just like a stud coach. And if not, you give Sanford the preference. Maybe you give him more power by making him the quarterback's coach. That seems to be... A, the natural fit probably for coordinators. You see it more often than not. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see how this works. Um, that That is kind of the final piece of this puzzle, though. Defensively, like I said, we learned today that Brian Michalowski, I think Brian Howell reported it first from the Daily Camera, um, he will not be back on the staff next year. And I think this is a big loss. Uh, he's been one of your very best recruiters since he got on the staff. Um, he... You know, recruited Jason Harris. He turned Carson Wells into what Carson Wells became. Um, I think there's talent with those outside linebackers. I think there's a lot to like. And I think he's 34 now. He's a young coach who's been here for three years, and I think he has a really bright future. He's a really smart guy, and uh, people like him. They like his approach to coaching, and um, I think that it is a big loss. At the same time, the the reason this happened is because they wanted to get uh, – Vic Sooto, the defensive line coach from USC. You look at his resume, and it's a pretty special resume. The results have been good wherever he's gone. Obviously, is he, he's either 34 or 37 or whatever. Um, but I mean, another young coach who's worked his way up through the ranks. And, again, I, I don't know enough to say which one of these guys I'd rather have on my staff but I do know that I'm really excited about Vic Sooto and I really don't like that Brian Michalowski likely isn't going to be around. I say likely because you never know. Maybe he's back as like a quality control coach or something like that. Um, I do think that he's going to have some pretty good offers though. And I mean, I think you'd have to expect him to take it, right? I think so. So, I th- that's that's where I'm at. In terms of that defensive staff now, uh the the one question is the safeties coach. Everything else has basically been filled out. Um I think uh, that's, I guess that's not true. That's assuming that Chris Wilson will be the outside linebacker's coach. So remember, he's been the defensive coordinator for two seasons now, defensive or no, for one season, but defensive line coach for two seasons. He Moved out of that position so they could bring in Vic Sooto. That's... We'll save the tangent. Um, So they said he'll be coaching a position to be announced later. He's coached defensive line his entire career. There have been two seasons where he coached a different position. That was outside linebackers back in the 90s. So I think it makes sense, especially if the two jobs left open are safety and outside linebackers. The defensive line guy probably knows more about... I mean, he's he's worked with Chris Long and all those guys. Like, you want the pass rushing moves and those sorts of things. So, I think that that's probably the more natural fit. Plus, Brett Maxey is likely going to stay as safety's coach. I think that that's the most likely scenario at this point. Um, it just hasn't been announced, similar to the Darian Hagan situation. And so, it does look like this staff defensively might be finalized. Um, again, that's Vic Suoto as the defensive line coach, Mark Smith at inside linebackers. Um, you brought in Rod Chance as the cornerbacks coach, and then you still have linebacker or outside linebacker and safeties open, but I think that's Chris Wilson and uh Brett Maxey. Again, offensively, that uh, the, the move to shift Chris Wilson to uh, outside linebackers coach, or really just away from defensive line coach, I think that's what gives me reason to think that Carl's going to go into this last offensive hiring saying, basically, find the best coach possible. And we're all right giving Sanford the receiver's job instead of the quarterback's job. Um, the, The way that works is that typically, like, quarterback's coach is the more prestigious job. He's probably going to be more highly paid, whatever. Now, you get to the point where you've been coaching for a while and you're an expert on whatever. And, you know, Carl Durrell was a receivers coach in the NFL because he was a really good receivers coach. When he's young, you move those guys around and see who pops and does whatever. But I think that what the Buffs are probably looking for is one of those young, good coaches. And maybe you say, hey, you. We'll give you our quarterbacks coach job. It's a good job. Come take this job and coach them. Um, and then that's that has a little bit more weight to it than offer to be a receivers coach job. Now, they could also just be going after a veteran coach who's good at what he does. I don't know. And honestly, that might make sense for the quarterbacks too. just get another voice in the ear that you, that you really trust. Um But we'll see. We're getting close to the end of this. I think we're going to be getting some transfer in news in the near future, which is a lot more fun than people transferring away. So make sure you stay tuned to the podcast. Uh, Plan was for the next podcast to be talking about this basketball game tonight, but uh, that's actually not happening because of COVID. So not sure what the plan is for tomorrow. Hopefully there's good news and hopefully there's no bad news to talk about. Uh, But we'll be back tomorrow with more and I'll see you then.